explain God to a non-believer? I would explain God as the creator, a heavenly father of someone that wants to be in relationship with you. Just um, as somebody that's for you, as a friend. Okay, so here's the big question. Are there many paths to get to the one God? Well, I believe, Oprah, that there... I believe that Jesus is the way to the one God. But I believe there are many paths to Jesus. You know, you don't know how Jesus would reveal himself to somebody. So I'm not into excluding people. Jesus can reveal himself to anybody. Does that mean that all people, all races, obviously, in your, your, your church, we see all people, all races. I can't imagine that you would have 16,000 people in there and none of them would be gay. So are gay people also included? Absolutely. Anybody is. You know, you know, Oprah, we sometimes make a, I say we, maybe the Christian community makes a bigger deal out of gay, out of being gay. But Will a gay person be accepted into heaven? as you see it. Well, I believe they will, mm -hmm. because I believe that, um, you know, if we, you have to have forgiveness for your sins, but, you know, sometimes we look at gay being, you know, a bigger sin than being proud or being, you know, not telling the truth. I don't think God categorizes sins. I think we're all changing, and, you know, I'd love to think that we're all going to be without one sin. I hope that's true, but I don't think, I don't think any of us would make it to heaven. Mm -hmm. Now, I would encourage people to be willing to, to change and grow. And, if, you know, if you've got a problem with your temper, let's, let's keep growing. And, but I think that it's going to be open for all of us or we wouldn't have a chance. But does that mean that you're saying, I just because I want to be clear and I don't want to, to interpret anything that isn't. Does that mean that you're saying that you believe that being gay would, is a sin? I believe, that being, I believe that homosexuality is shown as a sin in the scripture. I do. I do. That's just, that's just the way, I mean, my, you know, Oprah, it's a hard thing in a sense because I'm, not, I'm for everybody. I'm not against anybody. I don't think anybody's second class. But when I read the scripture, I just, with good faith, I can't see that it, it doesn't show that that's not, that, that being a sin, that it is a sin. Well, God bless you. Welcome to Pro Prophetic Whispers today. And uh, today we're going to be discussing um, engaging the culture biblically. You know, when the culture stands up to you and they ask you the hard questions, uh, what do you say? What do you do? We, I obviously, I pulled, uh, I could have pulled, you know, a few others, Carl Lance being one from Hillsong or the ex-Hillsong pastor. I could have picked, picked uh, Daigle, the, you know, there's all kinds of them that have gone onto these big stages and um, they, they've been very ambiguous, very hiding in the shadows or not sure. And uh, here you see... Um, uh, Joel here, he, he kind of waffles between, uh, uh, you know, many paths to Jesus, and uh, but Jesus leads you to the Father. I mean, theologically, that just doesn't cut the mustard, um, but, um, you know, you definitely, you definitely see that the culture is asking us questions, and, you know, I'm going to be looking at the great Apostle Paul today in Acts chapter 17, and when you look at Acts chapter 17, you, 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 you're going to see where Paul gets his greatest opportunity, his greatest audience, his Oprah Winfrey stage, if you will, of the day. And that is going to be in Greece, Athens. And, um, and the reason that's important is because there was where all the philosophies, the big thinkers were, the, the ones that uh, all the mythology, you know, was, was, uh, was you know, at its, 
at its peak. And, and Paul takes the gospel there. And so if you know the life of Paul, you know, if you know Paul's life, he was constantly in the mix of all cultural issues. Wherever he went, you know, Paul was either starting a revival or Paul was um, uh, starting a riot. But either or, in fact, if you read Acts chapter 17, the first part, you know, he was, they, they tried to stone him. They, I mean, they, they just did everything they could to silence Paul. So when you look at the great apostle Paul, you, you know that um, he wasn't shy. He wasn't an 11th commandment Christian. He wasn't one that would appease the crowd or tell them what they wanted to hear. He was going to give them the gospel as he received it. You know, and so uh, again, what's a, what's an eleventh commandment, preacher? Uh, what's the eleventh commandment of the preacher? Thou shalt be nice. And you heard it with you heard it with um, with uh, with uh, Joel Olstein. Well, I, I'm I'm for all people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I think all I think gays will be. Well, okay. See, those are defending of self and personality. That's you know, I'm defending myself first. Let me defend myself. Let me put a shield up about me first. And then we will, then we will address the issue. But I want to, I want you to know that I'm with you. Okay, wait, wait a minute. Either you're on God's side, or you're on man's side. You are, you are, you are in the biblical worldview, or you're in the the um, the uh, humanistic worldview, the world without God, the world that doesn't place any value on the scriptures. You're either here or you're there. So this eleventh commandment preacher, okay, produces 11 commandment Christians that have become tolerant for all the cultural things, you know, all the things that the culture is pushing out there. And so we see this, and the reason I, uh, I played that clip was just to remind you that this is how subtle it sounds. This is how this, is how this, this, um, this, uh, this apathy sounds from the pulpit, you know, when they're asked the hard questions, instead of staying in the gospel, instead of staying in the truth, of the word of God, right away. It, it. I want you. I want you to see me correctly first. Then I'll explain my position on the Bible. No, no. Your position is the Bible position. You know. So again, why do they do that? Because they don't want to be canceled. They don't want to be looked at uh, incorrectly or unfavorably, or they don't want to lose membership, or they don't want to lose. You know, they don't want to be called names. They don't want to be canceled. So when you start looking at this 11 commandment, um, uh, engagement in culture, I just showed it to you. That was it. It, it sounded harmless. It sounded very peaceable, but there was some, there was some messages sent there that says, I'm okay. Okay. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with that. Okay. And the gospel is not. The gospel is very clear on the gay and LGBTQ movement. It's very clear. The church is not clear on it. The preachers are not clear on it because they're 11th commandment. Well, let's be nice so we'll be liked. And if we're liked, the culture will accept us. And if the culture accepts us, then we can come out with our message. Then we can have an influence. Once, I, once my profile and my platform is big enough, then Jesus, then I'll spring Jesus on them. Well, let's look at what Paul, let's, let's look at what Paul said, okay? He says this, Acts chapter 17, verse 16 through 21, I'm going to break this up in, into, a, into two, two halves, okay? One when Paul is um, 
in his opening statement in the marketplace where he is he is discussing the culture and he's discussing uh, Christ with, with in the marketplace and then somebody hears him from the marketplace and we go to the second part of it in 24 through 33 where he actually goes to Mark Mars Hills and he's brought before all the intellect philosophers in Athens uh, because of what he said in the marketplace. So what you see in the marketplace, what you say every single day is impactful. Stay consistent. Stay in the gospel. Observe the culture. Yes, we need to observe the culture. Whenever whenever we go into a city, a town, one of the first things I do is I go to the shopping malls. I go to the stores. I go, I go into the highways and the byways of the city because I want to feel the vibe of the city. I want to see what consumes the city. I want to see what, um, what their gods are. I want to see what they have produced, what they haven't produced. I want to see what they worship. That's important to observe the culture. Where they, where they place their belief systems, you can tell. You can tell in cities. So let's pick up Paul here because, again, this is Paul's big moment. This is his big, he's going to engage the culture he, like he did everywhere. Okay, He did in Colossia, uh, Colossians. He did it in, he did in Corinthians. He, he, he's, he did it in Antioch. He helped in Antioch uh, reshape culture there. So let's look at what he says here in Acts chapter 17, uh, 16 through 21. Now, when Paul waited for them in Athens, <laughs> and even his friends wouldn't travel with him because everywhere Paul went, trouble went. His friends goes, oh, well, hey, hey, Paul, you go ahead, man. We'll catch up to you in Athens, okay? While Paul waited for them in Athens, he's talking about his friends that were with him in, in Berea and also in Thessalonica. Okay, read, read the earlier verses, okay? It says this. He says this. His spirit was provoked within him as he was in the city, uh, as he was in the city, was given over to idols. As he saw the city was given over, over to idols, Okay. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the Gentile worshipers and in the marketplace daily with those who had happened to be there. Then certain uh, Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him and said to him, What does this babbler want to say? Others said, He seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preaches Jesus and the resurrection. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. They thought the resurrection was a foreign god. Anastasia is the Greek word. So I guess they thought Anastasia was a god. And then he says this 19, and they took him and brought him to um, Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine of which you speak, for you bring to you bring some strange things to our ears. Therefore we want to know what these things mean. For all of Athens and and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either either to tell or to hear something something new. Okay, so this was everybody was into this knowledge and into this into this um, um, agnostic uh, perspective. They wanted to know. They wanted to hear new things. So here comes Paul. Paul is speaking consistently, and the first thing Paul does is he goes he goes into the city, and his spirit is provoked because he sees the city is worshiping idols, and this is this is um, this is important for you to understand. Paul Paul was provoked. This word provoked is a paroixno, which means to to be sharpened, to be stirred, and to be ready to cut. That's when you provoke somebody. He's easily provoked. He's going to cut easily. And so Paul was, was because of the idol worship. Remember, thou shalt have no other gods. Don't forget, Paul was a Pharisee. Don't forget, Paul was 
killing Christians because they were they were going against the Torah and the law of God. They were disrespecting Yahweh. So Paul was Paul was easily provoked. And so when he saw idols, man, this rose up in him big time. He just says, the city's given over to idols. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogues with the Jews and the Gentiles and the worship and worshipers. So he went to the churches. He went in the synagogues and he began to discuss the idols. He began to discuss the things that were bugging his spirit, the things that were bugging his insides okay and the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there now there was certain um epicurean and stoic philosophers encountered him and said to him what does this babbler want to say what th this word babbler this is a really unique in fact it's an insult in, in fact what it means it's it, it's it's the greek word spermologos meaning a seed this guy's just spitting out seeds un undeveloped uh, thoughts because they're new to them you know they're they're, they're underdeveloped thoughts they're half grown he's just making this stuff up spermo spermologos okay spermo meaning seed logos meaning meaning words so his words are just underdeveloped he's just making this stuff up stuff that we have haven't heard so they were calling him a babbler man that's not nice how many christians are afraid to be called a um uh uh underdeveloped ignorant fool you know oh you believe that god created the, the heavens and the earth that there you believe in god you you believe that, that god created man and woman you believe that that um you know, you, you believe that God created uh, the heavens and the earth, and 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 the whole the whole Bible thing. You must be backwards, and and you must be crazy, and and so they're calling you a babbler. See, the the church is always afraid of being called a babbler. That were antiquated, that were irrelevant. But Paul takes this on. He he's vexed, or he's he he's provoked in his spirit. He's cut sharply in his spirit about. The idol worship of the city, okay? The idol, and that was huge. Um, That's a huge infraction to Paul. Because if you're not serving God, then you're serving idols. He it was a total contradiction. So he notices that, he preaches against that. Others said he seems to proclaim foreign gods because he preached about Jesus and the resurrection. Okay, so number one, he was provoked. Number two, he, uh, he attacked the idols. He addressed the issues of idols. And then he reasoned in the synagogues. In other words, he, he came to a dialogue and was able to explain things. He was talking uh, about the complete issues. That's what dialogue, that's what reasoning, Reasoning means it means to take the full thought of everything in. It's just not one side. See, this is one one of the problems with the world. They don't want a dialogue. They just they want to they just want to uh, make say that they're right and everybody else has to be silent. No, no. Paul was out there and he was he was going right at their idols. He was going right at their right at their um, right at their issues, the things that were contrary to God. And how did he do that? He brought up Jesus and the resurrection. Okay? He brought up Jesus and the resurrection. And what I want you to know about Paul is Paul has this message that he built out of this out of this sermon here or out of this out of this story here. Number one, he will always talk about creation. Number two, he talks about the fall of man. Number three, he talks about redemption. And number four, the consummation of the end of times, the rapture, how he's coming again, the resurrection. So when you look at when you look at this this um, powerful engagement in the culture, Paul was not shy. I, I would definitely have loved to see the Apostle Paul be interviewed by Oprah when she asked him the question, "What do you think he would have said?" 
to her when she asked him, well, are there many ways to Jesus? <laughs> right? What do you think Paul would have told her? Well, let's look at this, and then you'll come to your own conclusions. Let's see who the 11th commandment preacher is. The one that says, let's just be nice. I want to be nice. Let me protect my image. Or, and, let, and I'll forget about the 10 commandments, what God says, while I protect my image. Or, or I'm going to defend the 10 commandments, because it is the 10 commandments that everything flows out of. Let's see what happens here. Okay? So, Paul begins, Paul begins by putting out that Jesus is Lord and then that he rose from the dead, the resurrection, anastasis, okay? The doctrine of anastasis uh, comes into play. Verse 17 through 23 says this, Then Paul stood in the midst of um, Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, okay? Because now, because now he's getting his big break, okay? Because he's going to Areopagus, okay. Now that was that was Mars Hill. That was the that was the pinnacle of all um, of all uh, platforms to speak at. Now he's on Oprah's show. Now he's there, okay. He was already insulted, but because he was speaking, listen, because he would not compromise, because he would not back away, because he attacked other the the idol worship of Athens and Greece and the Greek mythology, because he attacked those things and refuse to compromise you know that he would not compromise when he got there the problem with our Christian rock star mentality these days is the fact that they 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 get they get used of God by not compromising and when they get the platform then they compromise in order to keep the platform and be accepted by the culture and this has been a practice in the church for for the last 25 years is I want to make it big. I want to make it big when I get that stage. Paul is now on the stage, okay? Paul is now on the stage. And the first, and then we're going to walk through his little message here that he gives them about engaging the culture. He says this, Then Paul stood in the midst of the, the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that all these things, um, things you are very religious. What things is he talking about? He's talking about the idols. He's talking about walking through the city. He's talking about what they worship. He goes, For I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, the objects of your worship. He's talking about the idols. Oh man, he's touching the idols. See, the church don't want to touch the idols. Our church don't want to touch the idols because we they won't like us if we touch their idols. They won't like us if we so you know the, we don't we don't preach against the idols. We don't say that we denounce the idols. We say how do we purchase them? How do we get them so that we can be accepted by them? That's what the that's what this this rock star culture does. You know, how do I how do I how do I be part of that action? How do I get that type of juice? You know, if I'm with this person, then I get the juice that this person this person uh, uh, brings to me. Paul wasn't like that. Paul engages. He goes, look, I've been walking around and I looked at all the objects and I found it on your altar. So he was looking at all the gods and they had a god. They had a they had an idol there called the unknown god. Okay, and that mythology, that idea of the unknown god, was that we have so many gods, but if there's a god out there that we missed then this one's for them, so that way he won't attack us. So that in case we, we don't want to disrespect him, so we'll build another idol for the unknown God. Now watch what Paul says. Therefore, okay, therefore the one whom you worship without knowing, I will proclaim to you. In other words, I'm going to, you know, that unknown God, I'm going to tell you about that unknown God. The one that you refuse to accept, the one that you refuse to do, to, to worship, the one you deny, the one, the one that you that, that you have turned your back on, 
I'm going to talk to you about this unknown God. So Paul is on the biggest stage. He's on the biggest stage. And what got him there? The resurrection. The resurrection and Jesus Christ being the son of God. Okay. Wouldn't compromise from that. But it got him on the biggest stage. Arguing in the in discussion, in the synagogue, in the marketplace. See, if you want a great platform for God, and, and listen, there's a lot of people say, I need to build my platform because, listen, God doesn't need your name. He has a name that's greater than any other name above heaven and earth and beneath the earth that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. God doesn't need your platform. He doesn't need your profile. He doesn't need your, your media following. He doesn't need those things. So don't try to build the gospel off that or build yourself off that so that you can all of a sudden spring Jesus on it. No, no. You spring Christ. Be consistent with your message of who Jesus is and the resurrection, the rapture, the consummation of times of what's really coming, the fall of man, how man needs God, the redemption that's provided by God. This is all in here. From, from Paul in this chapter. Watch this. Acts chapter 17 verse 24 now says, God who made the world and everything in it. See, there are people that don't believe God made the world. They didn't believe that then either, that God made the world. So Paul begins to explain the unknown God to them. And he says this, since he is Lord of heaven and earth. Oh man, that means he is Lord of heaven and earth. He get right at their idols. Watch this. He goes, does not dwell in temples made with hands. So what does he do? He's, he's really going right at everything that they were doing. Okay? Nor is he worshipped with men's hands. All the little idols you form, all the little gods you make, all the little, all the little imagine, imaginary um, uh, deities you have in your head and that you produce with your hands and you, and you do all those, uh, make all those little idols out there. Uh, no. Watch this. This is his sermon. Nor is he worshipped with man's hands as though he needs anything, since he gives life to all, to all, breath and all things. So here he begins to expose this unknown God to them and says, all, everything that you're doing is wrong. Your philosophy of life is wrong. The, how we got here is wrong. And how you are worshipping God is wrong. You're worshiping the ideas of your mind. You are producing what's in your mind into shape form and you're bowing down to your ideology. Wrong. Paul began to attack the culture. Paul began to attack everything that they put up before God. Watch this. He says this, And he, he has made from one blood every nation to all men, to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and their boundaries for their dwellings. So they, so they should seek the Lord in hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. And that was, that was one of the messages that is still, it's, it's prevalent in the church where we see songs as the God is far from us, even as Christians and born again, okay, that he's far from us. That's not what scripture teaches, okay? Their gods were always in the heavens. They were always away from them. They were always God. Our, our Christ is in our hearts, the hope of glory, right? He'll never leave us nor forsake us because he's with us, right? 
while they were saying, well, Paul says, hey, God is not far from you. He's near you. He's in creation. See, creation is what you call the natural revelation in theology. So when you go outside and you see the beautiful Yosemites or the Niagara Falls or the, the, the mountains, um, um, the Colorado Rockies, and you, you go see those, those, those beautiful things, that they, and you say, man, wow, that's awesome. You just expressed and acknowledged that someone greater than you, greater than I, have created it. So that's, so, so Paul is telling them, okay, he's telling them, God's not far from us. He's not far from, for in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offsprings. Therefore, since we are offsprings of God, we ought to not think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone. He went right after their idols. He went right after the cultural gods. He went right after the creation of man's imagination. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether Paul would have lasted on Oprah. Do you think Paul would have been canceled? Do you think he cares? Do you think he was concerned about that? Or do you think that he really meant what he said in, in Galatians uh, chapter 2, verse 20? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but the life I now live. I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. Do you think because he's crucified, and if you're crucified, that means you died. That he was dead to sin. And a dead man, a dead man doesn't have to worry about being canceled. He's already dead. Paul was dead to their ideas, to what man can do to them. That's why he was stoned so much. He was dead to their ideas. He was dead to, he was dead to life on this earth because he was now living the life of the Son of God who gave himself for him. So Paul, Paul was giving his life to Christ because Christ gave his life to him, discipleship. Therefore, since we are his offsprings, we ought to, to think, to, uh, to not think that the divine nature is like gold, silver, or stone, shaped uh, something shaped by arts by the art of man's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Uh oh, uh oh, that's not nice, Paul. He says God's not winking, God's not bat batting an eye. God's not waiting another year for temple sacrifice. God's not doing those things anymore. God wants you and I to repent. He says it's time for men to repent. Metanoia, change your thinking. Renew your mind. Get a biblical worldview instead of a carnal worldview. A humanistic worldview. A postmodern worldview. A life with a, a worldview without God. And he says this, God, God says, you men, all men everywhere to repent. Man, that's not gonna that's not gonna build your profile there, Paul. Poor guy. Because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world by in righteousness by, by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Here he is, the resurrection from the dead. Who is that? Jesus Christ. Okay? Now verse 32, and I'll close with this. He says, and when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, while others said, we will hear you again on this matter. So Paul departed from among them. However, some men joined him and believed. Among them, Dionysus and Ariogate, a woman named Damaris, and others were with them. 
some of these names. Why can't they just be Cynthia and, and Mark and, and, and Michael? And <laughs> But listen, what, what do you got to lose by not compromising? Listen, Paul didn't compromise. And in this, in this, in engaging the culture, you're going to have three outcomes all the time. You're going to be mocked. Yeah, you're antiquated. Uh, I don't believe that message. You really believe that God created the heavens and earth in seven days? No, he created it in six, actually. <laughs> you believe, you believe that there's only, there's only two genders, male and female? Oh, you're antiquated. Oh, you're you're yo, you're from the backwoods. You're uneducated. You you don't know what you're talking about. You're gonna be mocked. Number two, some people are gonna to want to hear this again. Because they didn't quite get it, but they want to hear it again. The Holy Spirit is starting to work on their lives. You dropped a seed in there and it's and it's starting to grow in them. And number three, some are gonna believe. So no matter what you do, okay, you're gonna be mocked. You got to get thick skin. You got to start saying, you know what? I stand on God's side. I stand in the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, some people are going to want to hear you again. Run that, back, run that by me one more time. Let me hear that again. Let me just watch that one more time. Let me just pay attention to this one more time. And finally, some are just going to believe right on the spot because they hear, they understand, they know the difference. The Holy Spirit just draws them right on in. They're prepared to make that commitment to Christ based on your unwavering testimony of who Jesus is. First in the marketplace, first in the daily action, first in your daily commune, commune from work to home, whatever you do on your natural, your relationships in your home, you stay uncompromised. Then, one day you may get to Mars Hills, where you can speak it on a greater platform. Should God allow that to happen? Well, God bless you. I pray, I pray that we engage the culture biblically. That we learn to address the idols. That we learn to be provoked. And be provoked that, you know what? I need to study about this. I need to I need to educate myself in this. I need to start delving into this. So that when I'm provoked, I have answers on how the resurrection and how the life of Christ can interact and change a culture. Well, God bless you. Thank you for listening to Prophetic Whispers today and engage the culture. Don't back away. Don't hide in the shadows. Begin to live for Christ with boldness. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon.